Good morning again. Um, so I'm just going to read first uh, the, some of, a bit of the story of Deborah from Judges. So if you've got a Bible to hand at home or here, we're going to read from Judges 4. It's not the whole story, um, but it perhaps sets the scene for us as we look at this amazing woman together. Let me pray. Father God, as we come to your word, we pray, please, that you would open our hearts and our eyes, that we might know and love you more as we discover more of you through your word, as we look at Deborah together, and as we see the works of your hand and your purposes. Please teach us, encourage us, build us up. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's uh, read from Judges Chapter 4, verses, I'm going to read verses 1 uh, to 10. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Caesarea, the commander of his army, was based in Harasheth, Hagoyim. Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Iboanan, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly, I will go with you, said Deborah. But because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. And there Barak summoned Zebulun and Natalie. And 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. Do take the opportunity to read Judges 4 and 5 to get the full picture. We haven't got time to read all of that this morning, but it is the focus point of Deborah's life, those two chapters. And as Deborah takes center stage in the book of Judges, it's not hard to imagine this story being made into a Hollywood blockbuster with at least a 15 rating and a serious warning of violence. Because the people of Israel are in crisis. They've been oppressed under the Midianites and Amalekites for years and continue, as verse 1 of that reading says, to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. They are faithless and weak, being lured away from the God who rescued them from Egypt and instead of driving out the morally corrupt Canaanites from the land that God had given them, they're just repeatedly serving other gods and being drawn into the godless culture around them. So it would take an exceptional person to step up and to lead these people, to deliver them from their enemies, and to bring them back to serving the living God. 
And this is exactly what Deborah does. She is an exceptional woman. A judge, a prophet, a leader, a wife, probably a mother, a wise and faithful woman of God. She has a heart for God's people and serves them as one who trusts God, who's obedient to him and who is concerned only that his people might flourish under his rule as he intended them to. She is a leader and we can all learn from someone whose priorities were to bring about God's purposes, to see him praised and glorified. So three things this morning. She was faithful to God's call. She was confident in God's word and she was devoted in her worship. Firstly, Deborah was faithful to God's call. Deborah is the only woman to exercise public leadership in the book of Judges. She stands alone as a judge and prophet, leading Israel in chaotic and dangerous times as they were cruelly oppressed by King Jabin and Sisera. She's called by God to bring healing to Israel's brokenness, to be a key part in the solution to it. She's courageous, willing to obey what God is calling her to, and not to choose to fly solo in that, but to draw Barak and others to work alongside her as they seek together to unite Israel against their enemies and to bring the people back to God. You see, her concerns are God's concerns. She listens to him. She's confident in him. She does what he asks, stepping out as a judge to settle the disputes between the Israelites with boundless energy and wisdom that stems from knowing that she is being obedient to God's call on her life. I wonder how much Deborah was in her comfort zone as a judge over Israel, because she was leading at a time where men ruled, men went into battle, men had high standing in society. And there would have been a domestic call on her life as a wife and possibly as a mother. And alongside that, she had the civil responsibility to the people of Israel and this wider brief to draw the tribes of Israel together to unite and fight their enemies. Her wholehearted service of God took her time and her energy. It was hugely challenging. And yet she did it because she loved and trusted God. We've been in awe of parents in the last year, juggling their work, teaching their children, coping with everyday life. And for others of us, we've felt exhausted and stretched and constantly challenged by the next thing to get on with or to solve or to sort out. But you see, God equipped Deborah as judge. And when we trust God, he equips us. We may feel out of our depth. We may feel inadequate and weary, but when we step out and follow him faithfully, amidst the demands of life, he gives us what we need to face the next thing. Deborah knew that. She experienced it, and so can you and I, because he equips those he calls, and he speaks to those who listen to him, and he's called us to wisely serve him and to love others and to love him even when it is costly and sacrificial. Secondly, Deborah was confident in God's word. Deborah, the prophetess, took God's word really seriously, reminding us that when God speaks, he's to be listened to 
and to be obeyed. Barak wasn't so quick to do this as the God of Israel commanded him. In fact, he, if you look at verse 8, he reminds me a little bit of a petulant child de declaring, I'm not going to go into battle unless you come with me. Where is his trust? Where is his confidence in the word of God? It seems that unlike Deborah, he needs reassurance and to learn to trust the hard way. Do you know, sadly, Christians are increasingly spending less and less time with God in his word. One piece of research that I was reading suggests that only 5% of Christians live their lives centered on God's word and allow it to transform their relationships and shape their choices. And nearly 50% of Christians barely give time to scripture at all. But that's, that seems bonkers to me. The, the Bible is God's way of speaking to us, his primary way. It's his living, breathing word. His truth, given to us that we might be thoroughly equipped for the work that he's called us to. We can't be men and women of God that he's called us to be without paying attention, without obeying and trusting his word. And we need God's word in our imperfect, broken and sinful word, just as Deborah and Barak needed to hear the voice of God in order to stand firm against God's enemies. So too, we won't stand firm against the enemies of God today unless we allow his word to speak to us, to guide us, to lead us, to challenge us, to affect every area of our lives. And sometimes we will be, as we obey it, flying in the face of everything the rest of culture is saying. But in the same way that God went ahead of Barak, so too the Lord has gone ahead of us, preparing the way that we might stand for him in a hostile world. So can I urge you, whatever age and stage you are in your faith, pick up your Bibles, read them. And if you struggle, then ask for help. Make the most of life groups as you study together. Let God speak to you and grow in confidence in him and in Jesus his son through his word. Lastly, Deborah was devoted to God, to, to her worship of God. If you look at, a, at chapter five, which we won't need read now, but you can have a quick look at it. The whole of it is a song of praise that she and Barak sing together in response to the wonders that God has done once again in rescuing Israel. And perhaps it really feels strange and surprising to find a song like this in the midst of such a grim book, where there are so many dark and depressing things going on. But the reason for Deborah's song is because something amazing happened on the day. Mentioned in verse 1, she sings, On that day, the people have been delivered and are free again on that day. God has saved them from their suffering. What Deborah had said about the Lord going ahead of Barak was true. God has done what he said he would do because he is completely trustworthy. The enemy had seemed too strong for Israel, but nothing is impossible for God. Deborah had so much to worship God for. She trusted him. She'd obeyed his call. She was faithful to his word. She knew God. 
and it led her to praise. We've often said, haven't we, in this last year, how much we've missed singing. We said it, Joe said it last week. We still do. And I know how hard it is not to be humming away behind our masks because we were created to sing praise and to worship. The Bible is full of singing. Christians throughout history have sung together. It's not just that added extra that we tack on to the Christian life. Deborah's worship of God here in chapter 5 celebrates God's work of deliberate deliverance. It's about him. How much more do we long to sing the praise of the great victory that God has won for us in Jesus Christ? There are so many beautiful, wonderful songs full of biblical truth that celebrate the cross and the resurrection. Let's pray that soon we will be singing those songs. And in the meantime, when, whether you're at home or out and about, sing praise to your God. Sing your hearts out. Deborah was an exceptional woman. She was a great leader, a team builder. She was a prophetess. She was full of courage and common sense and a godly judge. Here's a woman of God. A woman who inspired bravery and loyalty. He wasn't afraid to challenge others and speak out against injustice. She was inspirational and yet humble. But her heart was that others might hear and obey God. It's really easy to feel completely inadequate as you read the story of Deborah. But she's not perfect. She's not perfect. We've got no idea about her private life. We've got no idea about her marriage. We've got no idea whether she had children or not. She may well have been a mother in the normal sense. We just don't know. But as we finish, I'm struck that she in her song, in chapter five, describes herself as a mother in Israel. If you look at verse seven of chapter five, I arose a mother in Israel. Barak is the one in Hebrews who's honored for his faith rather than Deborah. She receives no recognition for quietly doing what needed doing with no fuss, yet drawing others around her and encouraging them to step up to what God's asking of them. She would have dealt with serious matters on that hill between Ramah and Bethel, leaving small matters would have been settled more at the town gates. She was a woman with great responsibility, authority, she drew people to her, not like a celebrity, but in her own words, like a mother. Now, I know that on this Mothering Sunday, we can't all testify to having a great experience of our mothers. For some, Mothering Sunday is a painful reminder of the mother they perhaps people don't think they've ever had or the mother we've never had the opportunity to be. But as we finish... I'm reminded not just of Deborah, but I'm reminded of my mother, my good but not perfect mother, my mum, who as she brought me up would humbly get done what needs to be done, would constantly be multitasking, listening to, seeking to resolve all kinds of disputes between me and my siblings. But most of all, who primarily loved Jesus and whose first call in her life it was and is to serve, to trust, 
to obey him through the ups and downs of life, whatever that has thrown at her. Whether you're a mother or not, that's an inspiring way to seek to live your life as a Christian. And for me, that's the kind of mother Deborah was. And it's the kind of mother I want to be. But most of all, it's the kind of Christian that I want to be. One who's faithful to God's call. One who's confident in God's word. And one who's devoted to him in worship. Let's just pray together as we finish. In the quiet, I wonder what strikes you from what we've looked at this morning. I wonder what strikes you about your heavenly father this morning. I wonder what strikes you about Deborah this morning. When we open God's word, we are so encouraged to know and to experience the love of God through Jesus, to know that we are saved and rescued, forgiven and set free. But we also know that we're called daily to pick up our cross and to follow you. We know that God's word is challenging. And so, Lord, we ask now that you would take us as we are today. That you would call us again to yourself, that we would listen to your voice and follow in trust and obedience. We pray that you would grow us to be the men and women of God that you've called us to be, to be like your son. Fill us with your spirit that we might be devoted disciples who love you, who love your word, and who long to worship. In Jesus' name. Amen.